Hello and welcome back to the Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Hewitt from Castos. In this episode, I sit down with my friend, Ed Freifogel, who is also a business owner and started his podcast about a year ago in the technology space. In this episode, Ed and I talk through kind of a lot of the the process and the procedure that he's developed to keep his podcast something that's sustainable for him as a, a busy business owner and parent, and, and even in these times of COVID when, when all of our lives are kind of turned upside down. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ed because it brought out what we need to do and what we need to not do in order to make a podcast something that we can really stick with. So lots of really great nuggets in this conversation with Ed Freyfogel. I hope you enjoy. I just thought it would be fun to to kind of hear, because I mean, I hear you talk about it on the podcast with Steve, but why you started the Geomob podcast, what it's all about, kind of how it fits in with other stuff you do around like the event, especially, and and kind of go from there. Well, maybe I should start giving some background about what Geomob is and how that got started. So I was living in London, and uh, there's obviously a thriving tech scene in London. So there was an event, a guy started an event called Geomob, which was going to be about this was kind of in the like 2006, 2007, 2008 timeframe when smartphones were just coming out. So it was about mobile and location-based services. So hence the name Geo and Mob, Mob for mobile. And you know, very quickly, obviously, mobile exploded. And so there were lots of mobile events. So then the direction of the event became much more just focused on the Geo aspect and, and the technical possibilities opened up by smartphones and location-based services. And, and so we we had this kind of in-person event that we'd um, meet once a quarter, uh, just kind of informally, and uh, you, in the evening, and someone would, a few people would give talks, and then we'd go to a pub and hang out. And it got kind of a, a steady following, 50 to 100 people would show up, and we'd always have a lot of very interesting talks. And we did that for about 10 years, and it was going great. But the one issue that we would always have is a lot of people who couldn't make it to London would always, you know, we'd tweet about it. and have a website and people would always be like, oh, this is great, but can you record the videos? And I can't make it to London. And But recording the videos is, is a lot of work. You know, you need to have a good camera and, and you need, maybe probably need microphones and stuff. And to do that in a way that you can really capture it and deal with the video and then put it online, it was just always too much effort. And this was always just kind of a side hobby thing. So we kind of always resisted that. But then we did start thinking about, is there a way we can get people more involved. And I started listening to a lot of podcasts. And then we thought, well, maybe we could do a podcast. Um, and in hindsight, the timing was fantastic because we ended up launching the podcast in February of 2020. Uh, unbeknownst to us, then the pandemic would start you know, a few weeks later. And yeah, so it's done really well during the pandemic times. And the format of the podcast is we um, just basically interview people. It's myself and, and my friend, Steve Feldman, and he and I are the co-hosts. And some episodes, it's just about one in five episodes, it's kind of us talking and sharing stories of our own projects or commenting on things happening in the industry. And then the rest of the episodes, we interview people from who have spoken at the past events and or people from across the industry now. It's really been great. And I have to say, you know, we talked about this for a long time. We had this idea of let's do a podcast. And it was always kind of too much of a scary kind of hurdle of like, oh, I don't really know how that works. Or you know, it sounds like a lot of effort. And how do we do it? And what really kind of pushed me over the edge is when you guys came out with the audience podcast and, you know, you really laid out, okay, here are the steps you have to take. Here's what you need to do. This is the equipment you need. That's not that much. And, you know, then I just said, you know what, let me just follow this recipe and let's do it. Let's get it going. And I'm really glad we did. 
And and now it's it's quite simple actually. You know, we really kind of streamline the process so that it's not that much work. Also, what I think has been really helpful is the fact that there are two of us. It's myself and Stephen. So that way, it's not like I have all the pressure every week of coming up with a new episode. Yeah, so so the episodes come out weekly, but it's it's not that I have the pressure of every week coming up with something. It's we can kind of spread the burden across multiple people. And also, I think the format is a good one where we have we have interviews because we have we have an offline community and we have a lot of people that have interesting stories to tell. But it's not just interviews because I think at some point you kind of get burned out on. When it's just interviews, you know, they're either fantastic because you're very interested in the topic of the interviewee or you're, you're not. But I, I also really quite like the podcast where you're kind of following the story of the hosts over time. And so the idea was kind of trying to mix those two. I'm curious to hear, because I think everybody does it a little different. You, you talked about kind of you and Steve spreading the, the responsibilities or the burden of, of kind of managing the show. Like, how do you have that broken out? Like, are each of you responsible for certain things? Or do you kind of catch up on a weekly basis, say like this week, we need to handle these five things. Let's break that out. Like, how does that relationship and kind of assignment work? work? Yeah. So a key driving principle is how do we make this as easy as possible? Because, you know, it's not, we're not getting paid for this. It's not a job. It's, it's, a, it's a, something we do for fun. I mean, it does benefit us professionally, I would say, but it's not, um, it's not a business in that regard. So how do we keep it as simple as possible? And the simplest solution is we just have a Google spreadsheet where we have a list of potential interviewees. You know, as I said, we've been doing our event for about 10 years. So we have a long, long backlog of people who have spoken at the event in the past and had interesting things to say. So we just kind of, Threw in some of the names there of people that whose talks we had found good. And then, yeah, we just write to them and say, you know, in the beginning, we wrote to about 20 people and said, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And, you know, luckily at least some of them said yes. And then we go from there and we just kind of divvy it up based on whoever's more interested in that topic or whatever. There's no real big master strategy behind it. We have then sometimes there are kind of things that come up kind of like current events. Like obviously when the pandemic started. A big topic was kind of mapping the pandemic and how do we, or, or like, you know, there was this whole discussion of apps that governmental apps or, or, or apps from Google and Apple that you could trace your contacts and knowing who had been where and when and stuff. So sometimes we have topics like that that are, that are very relevant for our audience and we try to seek out experts who might be able to comment on those topics, but we have those people in the network of the event. I know like the, the podcast came out of the event and at some point like the world will return back to normal, like hypothetically kind of like in the fall or something, and you guys will start this event again. How do you see the podcast and the event working together and kind of playing off each other in the future? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, when the pandemic has changed things in that now we still have the event, but we have it online. It's not the same, but it does have one big benefit in that people from all over the world can participate. And people have. So really, our audience has grown quite a lot. So I think going forward, we will obviously still have the event, but maybe we'll do a mix where half the episode, half of the events will be offline. So we get all the benefits of that. And then half will be maybe online. And I think that the, we kind of have the podcast going in parallel with the event. And we'll definitely keep going with it because now that we've we've built up the momentum, I mean, now we've done 50 episodes over the last year, it really has taken on a life of its own because now people from all over the world are volunteering to be on the podcast. So people who would never be able to make it to London for the event or... And so that's quite cool because it really broadens pool of interesting things that we can talk about. And because when we still run the event, people are presenting at the event and that's a steady flow of interesting new people to add to the podcast as well. So they're kind of... They run in parallel with each other and kind of complement each other. But we'll definitely keep going with the podcast, particularly because 
we spent some effort getting it set up, but now it's really quite a streamlined process. And so we've really gotten it down and it's, it's not a lot of work actually. And it does, it's a lot of benefit, I would say. You said it's taken on kind of a life of its own. Is that in the form of like kind of community engagement and people connecting with you that you wouldn't have connected with otherwise? Or like, what does that look like in, in like reality? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, so obviously when an episode comes out, we put it out and then, then we tweet about it or post about it on, on social media. And you can see people engaging with that. So that's great. And then as a result of that, we, as I said, now we have listeners from all over the world who kind of comment or, or then volunteer to speak with us. So yeah, I see it, it really, it's like kind of a, another leg of the stool of, of our community and we'll keep going with it. So, I mean, I have to say for me personally, professionally, it's great because now I have anyone in the geo industry worldwide that I want to engage with, you know, I can just write to them and say, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? You know, and I can, I can point them to the 50 episodes we've already done and say, you know, here, here's the podcast, have a listen, you know, these people who you've probably heard of have already been on the podcast, you know, would you also like to be on the podcast? And it's a great door opener in that regard. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, do you think that any of those new relationships that you've gotten because of the podcast, maybe that you wouldn't have been able to kind of like engage in otherwise have have kind of led to unique business opportunities or professional things that that like are unique because of the podcast? Yes, I would definitely say there are relationships that have come about that are that are unique now. You know, we're still kind of in this weird, weird world where, you know, we can't travel and we can't. So it's funny because now you have some relationships where it's people you've only ever met online. And so we'll have to see how how durable those relationships are going forward. But uh, yeah, it's been a great door opener and um, it gives me a chance to engage with lots of people, you know, that I wouldn't otherwise have been able to at all without kind of leaving my, my spare bedroom here. So... <laughs> You know, that's the reality of our current situation. So, yeah, I, I, and I've enjoyed it. I learn a lot by doing it and uh, I get to engage with all kinds of people. And, you know, I think it, it helps establish myself and Stephen even more as kind of industry experts in, in our field. And I think that can only be a good thing also for my business. So um, it's exciting. You mentioned that that it's like the metric you go for is making it as easy as possible to keep going. I think that's huge because like a lot of people get started and they buy like five thousand dollars worth of gear and have all this complicated setup to where like the the podcast is like a drag on them, like emotionally and from a, a work perspective. And I very much take like a minimalist approach to to the podcast and like add on to that if I if I am able to or want to. But like we have a very simple podcast here and try to just make the content the thing that really shines. But I'd be curious to hear, like, from your perspective, like, what that workflow looks like, like, from week to week, like, what kinds of things do you guys do? And then what kind of things do you have either automated or do you have other folks helping you with? So, first of all, on the equipment side, you know, I listened to your your episode about what equipment is needed, bought a microphone, I think it was, I don't know, maybe maybe 100, 100 euro or so, so not anything that extravagant. So, and then, yeah, we coordinate via, we have a, a Google sheet where we have a list of people that we want to interview, write to them, say, look, here, are you interested? Hopefully they say yes. I send them, I use um, SavvyCal, which is a, a calendaring software where I say, you know, please pick your time that we can talk and it, it shows the times I'm available. With that, I also send a link to a Google Doc where I explain our whole process for them. You know, how we're going to record. We record typically using Zoom. You know, of course, I have some questions in there and, and there's space for them to put in things they want in the show notes or whatever. Anyway, we record the episode. I send it off to an editor. 
we aim for thirty minute episode, so send it off to an editor. I should also say this is an industry. The audience of our podcast are kind of geo geeks, so people who are into the technology of location based services. Were. So, so that audience is not expecting, I don't think, a, a highly polished production. So, you know, we have a very brief intro to the podcast that the editor puts on the beginning. Then we have the, the episode at the end. There's a very very brief outro. I mean, we don't have sound effects or anything like that. So it's just typically myself and the and the guest talking, or Stephen and the guest talking. Uh, and it lasts about 30 minutes. Anyway, so the, the editor sends it back after a couple of days. Usually, also, the episodes are not time sensitive. So, you know, we record three, four weeks in advance. And that also makes our life much easier because there's not any kind of pressure. Aim to get it out, you know, once a week. That's kind of the goal. And, and to be kind of consistent is usually Thursday or Friday. I think that's quite important that people kind of build it into their schedule, you know, that they know every week, okay, on, on Thursday, an episode's going to come out and then they have their time whenever they listen to it. So the, the episode comes back, I go to Castos, upload the episode, and we have our own website. So I then, you know, I have a very brief template that I use where I just, you know, say, here's, here's the guest, maybe two paragraphs of, you know, we talked about the Project X that this guy is working on. Here's a link to his LinkedIn and Twitter. And I embed the, the audio and that's it. So then it's on the site. Our main channel of communicating with our community is our, our Twitter feed. So I tweet about it. Hopefully the guests, you know, obviously I encourage the guests to, to retweet it and send it out to their own audience. And then once a month, we have a newsletter that goes out to our whole community and it's listed in there as well. All the episodes are listed in there. And that's it. Yeah, it sounds like a really solid workflow. Uh, the the one question I had is like the Google Doc that you send to to the guest is it unique for them or do you send the same one to everybody that has kind of like cookie cutter templatized stuff on it? So we start with the one that's cookie cutter, and then um, I make a copy, and then I eighty percent of it stays the same, and then I add you know the question specific to that guest. But the the background information is just like you know here's the, here we're going to be recording using Zoom. I kind of explain the flow. I explain that we're going to send it to an editor so people don't need to worry about if they make a mistake. Or I mean, one thing that is sometimes a challenge is that the people that we're interviewing, typically, for many of them, it's the first time they've ever been on a podcast. And so they sometimes have worries about, you know, some people are kind of perfectionists and are like, oh my God, you know, I sound terrible or I hate the sound of my voice or, you know, can we do a retake or whatever? You know, so I try to do some things to try to lower their expectations there and that they don't they don't need to worry about that. It's sometimes successful, sometimes not. But on the whole, it works quite well. As an aside, I think it's funny to to be on podcasts that you have heard a lot before and hear kind of like, you know, see how the sausage is made behind the scenes with how people who sound very polished and professional talk when they're recording versus like what you hear as the final product. I think it's uh, for me, it's very surprising sometimes to hear how how the recording process works for some podcasts that you think are are super polished. And it's cool. I mean, I think it's a big weight to lift off of the guest to say like, hey, this is, you know, this can be a mess right now and we'll, we'll, we'll polish it up before it goes out. So don't worry about it. Yeah. So our editor, I do not know how he does it or what he does it, but it's pretty amazing because, you know, when I think about what I actually say versus how it comes out and I actually sound coherent and, and like I might be an intelligent person. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So I, I don't know. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. So that's awesome. Going back to the the concept of like, uh, I'll say like onboarding a guest, like I really like the idea of the of the Google Sheet and the calendar software. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about Savvy Cal. We use a similar kind of thing. 
The one thing that I have seen just as a, a an idea maybe is like I've seen people build that kind of information and questionnaire into the calendar software. So if you like, especially like using Calendly or Acuity, you can ask questions and ask guests to like upload a headshot or something like that if you want to include those things. And like, I feel like some of that is okay. Some of it is then like asking me as the guest on your podcast to do too much work. You know, so I think there's a fine line there of like, okay, I'm not going to give you everything you need to know because like, it's my time. I'm giving you my time to be on your show. You can go do some of the legwork here. But yeah, I like I like very much the idea of kind of doing that prep work so that then you're like your writers or whoever's doing your show later have some of that information that they don't have to go find all of it. So I think it's it's a nice balance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I don't have a writer. I'm the writer. So for a lot of those things, we just cut them out in the sense that like we don't have, you know, I don't make new images for each episode. We have a very, very brief description of the episode, like but literally three sentences. I don't have a long multi-paragraph background or anything like that. Interesting, we, we did learn some things along the way. You know, in the beginning, I used transcription software to generate a transcript and it would put that on the website. And because I, I know there are some people who prefer to read and I know also for the SEO benefit and stuff. And after about five or six episodes, we had to stop with that. Because we're discussing very technical things on the show, the transcription software would never get it right and would make all kinds of weird mistakes. And so I was ending up spending a lot of time either correcting that or not correcting it. And then it would look kind of funny. And then very often the guest would be like, oh, you know, there's a there's a mistake on line 37 of the tra- of the transcript. And you fix it and I'd be like, oh, come on. You know, so in the end, the solution there was just drop it, just drop it. And I no one's complaining at all. So that would be my main advice to someone starting is like start and have the intention of keeping it simple. And then even as you go, think about how you can make it even simpler. And and usually the simplest the, the solution is just cut things away. So I don't spend a lot of time, I don't spend any time, you know, designing images for each episode. Definitely it's a great investment to pay for an editor, because I don't, you know, the the very beginning I started playing around with trying to edit it myself. And I was just like, I can't, this is such a bad use of my time. And given I have no background in it and no ability, and this can be such a learning curve, that it's much better to just spend the money to pay someone who knows what they're doing and they can do it very quickly. And yeah, cutting out things like transcripts and really eliminating it, like, you know, shaving away until we get to the core thing, which is people listen to my show because they want to, they want to hear what these innovators are doing and what they have to say. And that's it. Anything else is kind of nice to have on top. And so we kind of cut it all away. Where did you find your editor? Just a recommendation from a friend who has a show. And I asked him how he did it. And he said, oh, I can recommend this editor. And, uh, and that's how, how we did it. Honestly, I don't, I don't know the editor particularly well. It's just, I send him audio files and we do that via Dropbox. I, I just put the files in Dropbox. And then he, you know, a few days later, he puts back the final file. So you guys are 50 kind of something episodes in at this point. Like, what do you see like the next you know, year or so of the podcast looking like, like, do you think it's kind of more of the same or like, will it take on different form or as you've learned all this? Cause it sounds like you, you really have it dialed in. Like what is the vision like going forward? Well, it's definitely more of the same in the sense that we, we really have set ourselves the goal of having one episode a week. I think that makes a big difference. Just, I'm not sure it has to be weekly, but the consistency, right? So the listener knows every week they can depend on your episode or, or on whatever the regular schedule it is. Maybe it's monthly or someone else's topic, but that they can really kind of plan on it. And as someone who listens to a lot of podcasts myself, there's nothing worse than when all of a sudden episodes don't show up for a while and you don't know, like, 
like that they quit. Okay. So the consistency we're definitely going to stick with through the event that we run. We we have a steady supply of people who have very interesting projects that they want to talk about. So you know it'll be more of the same in that regard, but. The, the one thing that I think that will be a bit different is now that we have, you know, we've gotten the flywheel going, we've got the momentum. I want to try to reach out to maybe some bigger names in the industry that, you know, maybe I would have been hesitant to do so in the beginning or I'm based in Europe. So maybe people on the other side of the world in California or whatever. And I think now we have the credibility that we can kind of contact some of these bigger names and say, look, you know, here's what we're doing. Do you want to be on the show? So that's kind of my personal target for this year. You mentioned before that you viewed the the podcast not as like a business activity, but like a business related hobby. I guess I'm paraphrasing and not, it's not exactly what you said, but like, I mean, it is for your business, right? And I think a lot of folks that listen to this have a have a podcast where it's related to, you know, some kind of professional endeavor. It's like a, you know, a hobby they want to turn into a business or it's for their business directly or it's their personal brand or something like, do you want this to be like a business asset and something that really kind of drives that part of your life forward? Well, I do see it as a business asset in that, of course, so so the way I handle that is we we list the business as kind of a sponsor of the event, but it's not the only sponsor. We have other sponsors as well, and which I think also helps add to the credibility. And you know, the issue is no one really wants to listen to a podcast where it's just me every week saying how great my business is. Maybe you'll listen to a few episodes of that, but in the long run, you're going to kind of tune out. So I make people aware of what my business is and why it's relevant. And of course, obviously, if they're interested, I make it easy for them to get in touch if, if they're in the target market for what we do. But beyond that, I kind of keep it, you know, I'm not trying to shove it down people's throat in every episode or anything like that, just because I think that will burn people out. And I think at least in our category, I think that's the, the long-term successful strategy. People only listen to the podcast if it's interesting and relevant, and, and hopefully it is. And then over time, that audience grows. and. But of course, as a listener, then they learn what it is I do and you know when the time is right for them to become a customer of the service that my business offers. Hopefully we're at the very top of the short list because they've learned about us through the podcast. So but on the other hand, in contacting guests, obviously as I said, it's a great door opener. So I can I can contact people and say, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And you know, then we have a dialogue and at some point they'll probably say, Hey, so what do you actually do? And I can say, Well, here's what we do and you know, by the way, maybe it's relevant for you and and then finally, I guess a third piece of that is um, I have many customers at my business who are doing very interesting things. And you know, if they're truly doing something interesting and relevant, it's a great kind of bonus to say, hey, you, you know, I'm just really interesting in this project you're doing. Do you want to come on the podcast and talk about it and share it with the wider audience? And I think some of the customers quite value that. So I would only do that if it's actually relevant. I mean, again, if I'm just every week being like, let's hear another story from a customer of my business and and they can tell you why we're so great. That's going to get old quick. Yeah. I really like these, you know, we call them creator spotlight episodes where, you know, we have customers come on and tell their story about their podcast and kind of how it fits into other stuff they're doing. And I think that they are really interesting to, yeah, to kind of highlight, I mean, the enormous variety of types of shows that are out there and reasons that people are doing them. And we had a handwriting analyst expert on before. And it's, it's, like, it's like all these, uh, you know, a family that is like backpacking with their kids for a year and, and stuff like that. Like, I think that if someone asked me like the biggest surprise of like what we see in podcasting these days, and it is definitely the the variety, the enormous variety that we see, you know, as like a, a hosting platform that sees a bunch of different kinds of podcasts, because I think 
you know, you and I both kind of live in this entrepreneurial world of online business and stuff like that. And so in that respect, I think we're really myopic to like, these are the things that I'm interested in. These are the podcasts I listen to, but then like, that is a, a minuscule part of the, of the total market. And so I think it's cool to be able to have folks like yourself on the show to share a really different perspective than a lot of other folks have who are just kind of in the, in the podcasting space in general. But yeah, we do try to mix it up and not have that be the only format because that yeah, it gets old, I think. It's been a cool journey. And actually, you know, one thing that I hadn't appreciated when we started it that I now really enjoy about it is, you know, now I have a record and I can go back and listen to the old episodes. And so, you know, sometimes we have these episodes where myself and my co-host just kind of talk about our projects or, or our thoughts on events that are happening. And that's actually, I mean, I suppose it's like anything, like, if, you know, if you keep a, a, a diary or a, a blog or whatever, and you go back and you look at like what you were thinking at that time. But there's something about the voice aspect of it that makes it so much more personal. You know, so so we have episodes that, you know, kind of when the pandemic was just starting and you go back and listen and you kind of hear like, oh, what was that? You know, how naive was I back then? <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I think in a month this will all be fine or whatever. It's interesting to create that record. And, that, and it really does get more valuable with each additional episode. You know, so that's one of the things that really motivates me to keep going. Well, congratulations. I mean, getting to the 50 episodes and sticking with it, you know, weekly or most almost every week for a year is is a lot more than most podcasters kind of get through with their show. So I think, you know, kudos to, to you guys for figuring out a system to be able to stick with it because that's like the huge key. And then I think, you know, at this point, you're a little like liberated to kind of experiment with different formats and have people on in different ways and do different things with the show to where like the hard part quote of of like really getting the show started and finding a groove is is over or you're past that point and now you can kind of focus on the fun stuff so that's really cool yeah to anyone out there listening who's who's thinking about taking the plunge i really recommend it i mean the key is find a way to keep it as simple as possible and luckily i mean there are a lot of tools that make it simpler and simpler and just get going and once you get over that initial hurdle you know commit to yourself you're going to do 10 or 20 episodes and because in the beginning you won't see a lot of traction i mean there is that that point at the beginning where you're kind of putting out episodes and you don't you feel like you're just kind of talking to no one so you've got to get through that and and for me one of the best ways to do that was having my co-host and so that way at the very least i'm having an interesting conversation with, with someone that i learned from and, and enjoy talking with but then once you break through and you start getting like the first nuggets of feedback and and people volunteering to be on the podcast and things like that then all of a sudden it, it, it really has momentum of its own so it's exciting Ed, thanks so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And for folks that want to check out the podcast and kind of what you're up to, where's the where's the best place to connect there? All right. So it's called the Geomob Podcast. Obviously, you can search for it in any podcast player, but we also have a website. If you, if you search for Geomob or the website is thegeomob.com and the podcast is linked right there. Awesome. Thanks, Ed. Have a good day. Thanks. 